0: You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast.
1: Greetings and salutations, Ethan of the House Bolton. Mm. Bringing mm. that one back.
0: Yeah, well, I must say, hail to you, my friend, Josiah of the House Pits. Hail is so much better.
1: Hail. Mm. I love that word. You do
0: have to be very careful about it. You do. You really do. Select people have ruined its, it's use a <laughs> tiny do. bit in certain contexts. <laughs> they,
1: yeah, they have. Particularly Adolf Hitler. <laughs> that,
0: that's the exact... That's, how did you know? How of. did you know? <laughs> Uh, but you know,
1: because you also have the natural phenomenon of hail oh, the- falling from the sky. Yes. And I love, like, that is just a cool thing. It is very cool. I find that that is one of the most awe inspiring, like, when I witness that. I just, really? P- I just love that for some. That is a particular natural event that I am overwhelmed with all every time I see it. I
0: truly remember the very first time I saw hail in my entire life, and I was at school in kindergarten, and it started wow. hailing, and that was like a very foreign experience and very weird experience, like without my parents to yeah. explain what was happening. Yeah, like what's but, happening? What's going on? Like, oh no, balls of ice! Yeah, like are descending. pelting <laughs> the earth from the heavens. <laughs> <laughs> what does that? What does that tell a four-year-old? Am I guilty of
1: sin? <laughs> They're coming for me. <laughs>
0: I will take this nap time, and I will take it, gratefully. So sorry. (laughs) Oh, how
1: true that would be if I could do it now. Yeah. No one asked for this tangent, but I was joking, but kind of not joking. Thinking about someone talking to somebody, somehow this came up that, oh, you know, you um, tired today, you know? Like, I don't know what. I was thinking, like, I've been tired for five years. (laughs) I'm at the point in my life now where literally... Without thinking about it, I can sit down and not even be in a chair, like have my back against a chair. Like the other day, I was in the living room with my daughter, Abigail. Yeah. She was playing with toys. I was, you know, playing with toys too, you know, playing a game, whatever you do with your 19-month-old sure. child. And uh, I sat back against like the bottom of a chair. Right. And I leaned my head back and 15 minutes later, I woke up. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And I was like, what is wrong with, like, I am, oh, what's wrong with me? You have narcolepsy. I do, apparently. I don't even, how did we get onto that? Nap time. Hail. Yeah. Hail, hail to Ethan, mm. you know, just a word that I wish that you could use more widely without it.
0: <laughs> yeah. You
1: know, yeah. bringing up negative connotations at
0: mm. any rate. Well. Guess what doesn't have negative connotations? The
1: name of Jesus.
0: Whoa, didn't see that one coming, Woo! did you?
1: Yeah, some of his servants, people who claim to be his servants, I should say. Sometimes they have many mm. negative associations. Mm, that's rightfully So that's but, true. You know, yes, as uh, Paul would say, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you talking to you unfaithful people who claim Jesus and do bad things to people. But that's not
0: <laughs> You're <laughs> nor there. You, that's you not tell them. We're... That's right. You tell them because they're listening. <laughs> they are definitely. They, they are definitely
1: the people who are listening to this <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> No, something that I'd not ever given a lot of thought to that has come up in some uh, recent discussions I've had that I thought would actually end up being an interesting podcast episode. Why so much emphasis in the New Testament on the name of Jesus? Mm. And I don't mean just like, it's weird to even talk about it in those terms, but like there's so much emphasis on like saying like baptize and teach in the name of Jesus or pray in the name of Jesus, like that exact phraseology and uh, just never really thought about it a lot. And that you know, leads you to ask some questions like, you know, is his name different from his person somehow? You know, what's, what's the deal with that? Why are we calling so much attention specifically to the name of Jesus instead of just saying Jesus? Yeah. Right? You know what yeah. I mean? Why are we praying in the name of Jesus? Why are we teaching and preaching and baptizing in the name of Jesus.
0: And I've definitely noticed, at least in my lifetime, in the past, say, like, two decades of what we know as, like, evangelical Christianity, that's, like, super, super prevalent. Like, you see that a lot. You hear yep. that a lot. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if that, like, has been super popular for the past 200 years or <laughs> yeah. 2,000 years, but it's definitely been something that I've been exposed to a yeah. lot, like, in our first world Christianity. It's definitely a fixing point. Um, yeah. But it's also why I'm going to be thinking about the lyrics to Revelation Song for this entire podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I haven't heard that one in a long time. It's been a wow! Minute. Now I'm going to be thinking about it the entire time. It's just it's for both you. of us, <laughs> both of us are going to be thinking about it. Yeah, so I think it would be helpful to take perhaps the most well-known reference mm. to the name of Jesus as. Um, perhaps a helpful case study okay. in why this shows up. And I would make the case that that reference is Philippians 2 10 through 11. Wow, I just about to got off on a tangent there. You ever watch Parks and Rec?
0: I, I haven't personally seen much.
1: Um, there's a character for those who've watched Parks and Rec named Perd Hapley, who was a news anchor uh-huh. in Pawnee. And he's just very comical because he just, the way he talks is very. The story of this story is I'm here saying it. <laughs> he talks in a very interesting uh-huh. way. And when I just said, most well known reference, the name of Jesus that I would make the, and I would make the argument that that reference is part happily. Really got off mm. on an end there. Sorry, listeners. You did not ask, you didn't, that was not helpful in any.
0: It's just, it's the spontaneous spice we yeah. bring to the table.
1: Yeah. Parks and Rec.
0: <laughs> Philippians 2, 10 through 11
1: says, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. Mm.
0: What? Okay, so in in context of this conversation, yeah, why not say something just like before Jesus Christ or yeah. instead of at the name? Are, like, are yeah. we supposed to infer? Well, what really at the yeah. at the mention of in a moment mm-hmm. at a why so specific? Because I don't think that's I don't think that's just a casual oh we said it this way because it flowed right. Yeah, Bob was like, "Hmm, what will sound
1: better? Here? <laughs> exactly, what will be more poetic?" Yeah, so that is the question. Like, what is going on here? Why that particular phraseology? So, like, is I mean if you were analyzing it like purely logically, that really does, I think, lend you to the question, like, is Jesus' name somehow separate from him? Mm. You know, like, are people bowing to his name but not him? You know what I mean? Like, that's mm. like, if you're, like, thinking about it in purely the terms of the text, you kind of get these absurd scenarios like that, right? Because yeah. I think the the hopefully obvious answer is, like, no. no. Like, people are not bowing, like, his name is somehow, like, <laughs> Some weirdly over f- here. physical
0: representation yeah. or something. And then he's
1: over here, like, mm. why are you bowing to my name and not me? You know what I mean? Which, I think, demonstrates exactly what is happening here and when we use this this phraseology because when paul says that every knee will bow at the very name of jesus he means they will be bowing the knee to jesus when they see him personally, right? In fact, that's really interesting. Um, I'm remembering, I think it's Isaiah 45, where that almost exact formula is used where Yahweh, God, you know, Jehovah, mm-hmm. um, God the Father, the God of Israel, God of the Covenant, the God of the Bible, <laughs> use all the terms here. Uh, he is speaking and he says, to me, every knee will bow and every tongue will swear allegiance. Oh, okay. And so Paul here is substituting the name of Jesus. Yes. Like saying, basically, the claim is Jesus is. God. He is the one they're going to about exactly. to. And this I think explains what's going on when we say at the name of Jesus and helps us understand why names in general are so important and without getting too metaphysical or too philosophical for a 20 to, you know, 30 minute podcast episode. Your name in a sense is synonymous with your person mm-hmm. in some way like, a person's name is how we in some strange way get at the essence of a person if that makes
0: sense like the cognitive understanding of language in its association creating meaning or representation or something
1: yeah yeah i think because like when i say well you're not the only person who has the name ethan like right. for example there yeah. are however many you know i mean there's a an, <laughs> a psalmist named ethan you know however As many thousands happens. of years ago <laughs> so like obviously the combination of those letters and the sounds that mm. i make Are not unique to you. Exactly. But when I look at you and I say your name, Ethan, I understand. That I'm referring to you, like yeah. as a person, like mm-hmm. the 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 totality of who you are. Your you know your emotions, your your consciousness, your body, everything that makes up who you are as a person. I am trying to access that when I call you by your name and communicate with you. If yeah. that makes sense.
0: Well, and also because like at, at its most basic reading, your name is just uh, a proper noun that probably one or two people liked very much and said it is you. Yeah,
1: right. And that's
0: where I think you do get like you can lose some of that. Right. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah, because that's it's like it's not like you're name suddenly becomes, you know, like with the Jesus thing, it's like, oh, you're bound at the name of Jesus, but not Hmm. the name of Jesus is not some abstraction that becomes separate from him. Right. It somehow personifies him like it's calling attention to who he is Mm -hmm. oh and let's take some biblical examples so so we're not getting out too far into the ether here with this (laughs) because this is very weird but as an example when god is about to completely change abram and sarai's lives by making them parents after so many barren decades and making them the father and mother of this promised child and these progeny are going to bring blessing to the world through god's promises what does god do He changes their names to Abraham and Sarah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like,
1: the name change somehow signifies a real change Mm -hmm. in who they are as people now. Like, something fundamental has changed. But, like, the consonants and syllables are like, yeah, whatever. But, like, somehow when it becomes attached to this event... It becomes wrapped up in their person. So let's take some more examples here to like further flesh this out. When Jacob wrestled with the angel and would not let go till he was blessed by him, right? His name was changed from Jacob, which means something along the lines of like trickster, right? Like deceiver, right? Which he lived into that name, right? Like he was a trickster. He was a deceiver. His name was changed from Jacob to Israel, meaning he strives with God. Like there was something significant about when you were speaking with Israel, with this man now, you were speaking with a man who had in some weird way striven wrestled with God yeah. wrestled with the angel and had been changed by that and that became a a piece of his identity like that was fundamental to who he was now as a person this experience was formative for him and for I mean the nation that came out oh, of him was for named sure, Israel as it happens right and so that name it it was getting at the essence of who he was now as a person like that event mm-hmm. It was somehow it was, it was a
0: marker of some sort. Yes, it, it, I know this is a little weird to just suddenly wedge in here, but it reminds me of how something significant would happen, and they would create like a stone monument to remember that by, to signify that thing as a reminder.
1: Yes, and that's like I mean that's kind of like your name is kind of like yeah. it's, it
0: signifies
1: you, and you could divorce that. Sure, that's possible. On you its do own,
0: anything. they're just stones, but yeah, there's a greater meaning that they represent.
1: Yes, and that's what it like when it becomes attached to that, you get this weird marriage that like, and we'll probably get into this later, but you can go weird directions with it. But (laughs) the point being, okay, let me give you one more example of this just to further drive this home. So both of those examples with Abraham and Sarah and and Jacob, uh, God basically renamed these people, right? But then you get in the book of Ruth, when Naomi returns to Bethlehem, after her husband and her sons have died, she tells the people to stop calling her Naomi, which means pleasant, Mm -hmm. right? Because then life is pleasant. She says, instead, call me Mara, which means bitter, (laughs) right? Because now her name is reflecting something now, like she feels bitter. She feels like like her lot in life has not been good. And that somehow is like, it it has become wrapped up in who she is. This terrible series of unfortunate events to steal from (laughs) Lemony Snicket (laughs) has happened to her. She's like, well, my name is going to reflect that. Like when you speak my name- You will remember this. You will remember that. And that's going to call out this part of who I am, right? And so you get all wrapped up in that. And then when God reveals his purpose personal name to Moses, he says, I am who I am. Yeah, them, I am oh, who yeah. I am. That's true. And because, like, in his essence, like, God simply is, like, to put it bluntly. Like, yeah. he always was, always is, always will be. Like, he is self-sufficient, self-existing at his essence. If his if His name is going to reflect His something of his essence in a way that we can comprehend it, right? Because you can't...
0: We don't have the capacity.
1: We really don't even have the capacity to understand our essence. <laughs> we you know what I mean? We barely
0: have the, the knowledge to grasp, like, this cognitive... Yeah, sort of...
1: uh, I think it was Thomas Aquinas who said, if you had all of eternity, you would barely be able to grasp the essence of a single fly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, we're really getting into crazy territory here. But yeah.
0: So, with that specific example, I think really stands out as unique because yeah. "I am who I am" feels, I mean, just from my less experienced reading, feels more like a description yeah. of a sort rather than well, rather than like a proper noun name. If you were to be the emissary of the pharaoh to a neighboring kingdom. You might say, I come in the name of the morning and evening star, to quote a part of the Prince of Egypt. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Meaning you're not using like a proper noun name. Yeah. And and nobody thinks you are. Right. But you're using that title, more or Mm -hmm. less, to communicate a greater meaning. And there's all this gravity and implication attached instead of just saying, oh, Ramses the mm-hmm. second. Um, is there that at play here when the Lord himself says, I am who I am? Mm-hmm. Is there is part of the meaning... It feels like a title. I guess right. that's where I'm getting at. It's yeah. very hard for me to say... As opposed to, a title. like, that's a oh, name. that's the proper name of the Lord. Yes. right? Yes. Yeah,
1: and I think there is something to that okay um because i mean then you get what they would call the covenant name of god exactly yahweh Yes, right? like we don't actually know how to fully pronounce it because we lost all them <laughs> but you know yafa yeah you know, how you write that it's not like they wrote out like literally the words i am who i am yes necessarily. like you had jehovah you had i mean all these names right and but there is something about that whatever you want to call it designator title that name there is something about that it's yeah like I'm not praying, dear, I am who I am. Like, that's not how I typically do it. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Yeah. But this specific thing clearly said something
1: that was needed
0: in that moment, and it covers so much.
1: Yes, exactly. And then you you even get the little play on it later when he says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am. And Jesus gets in trouble later with the Pharisees when he says, before Abraham was... I am. Like, it's not like Jesus changed his name. He's not like, now my name henceforth is I am. Like, right. you know, Peter, start calling me I am. Like, there is something of, basically, I'm just affirming what you're saying. Like, there is something <laughs> of that, like, it's like this designator of sorts. Yet, it's more more wonderful than that. Like, I don't even know if there's a, ca- we would have a category for it. Right. Um, because, I mean, again, going back to Jacob, Jacob asked when he wrestled with the angel, like, tell me your name. Because this is just after, he's like, no longer will your name be Jacob, it will be Israel. Mm. He's like, tell me your name. All the angels are like, why do you ask me? my name, seeing that it is wonderful. That's all he says. What? That's all he says. And then that's it. And then he leaves. Wow. So, like, I don't know that we even have the lexical tool belt to understand what.
0: Yeah, you might what be right. is
1: being revealed when God says, I am who I am. I think, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... The name, in other words, all of this is saying is that it touches on something about who we are. And there's some significance to it. I don't think, and this is where I think we really run into difficulty in (laughs) in the modern day and age. I don't think we normally tend to attach such specific significance to the names like we would give our children in this day and age. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like maybe some parents do sure. When Morgan and I named our daughter Abigail, well, we liked the name. like We thought it was an aesthetically pleasing name. You just like the way it sounded. But there's also some significance to that because Abigail was a wise woman who saved King David from ruining his reign before it Uh, began. yeah. Like, oh, like, this wisdom. She was like, Nabal was a fool. Abigail was wise. And like, they like, oh, like, we hope that, you know, she grows up to be a wise woman who knows how to live in the times that she's in. And you're like, obviously you have more hopes for your child than that. But like, there is some significance to that. It's Mm -hmm. the point that I'm making. And the the point still remains that even if you don't have you know like you just like well, we just like the name still that is how we access you as a person right is by your name so like to draw on that point more think of how you feel when someone just calls you by name rather than just saying something like hey you <laughs> you know what i mean like I, yeah. like you know at first i mean that's i don't know like when i was at boot camp and they were like trainee There's like hey trainee i'm like one like are you talking to me like i don't know i don't know if you're talking to me or not but then i have this just general like i'm just a trainee like i'm not yeah anything like my individual status has been like (laughs) stripped from me you know what i mean and then i mean you think okay To go a step further, think about the intentionally dehumanizing effects of, like, designating people with numbers. Of course, yeah. Coming back to, like, the Holocaust there, like, they tattooed numbers to be like, like, we're not going to call you my name, like, you're a number. Mm -hmm. The idea being, like, again, that still, you would use sounds and, like, there's a designator, but there's something about that that is so impersonal, like, it's a number. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And there is something of your identity that is stripped away. Like, your identity. Maybe that's what it is. Like, your identity is somehow wrapped up in your name. And that's how... Our names are how we access people, I guess, is, like, basically what I'm trying to say. We are able to communicate and love and fight and do all manner of human thing because we can call one another by name. And I think that's, again, to draw this out further, that's why you... Can get these doubly cruel moments when you call someone like by a mocking name, Mm. or you know, like when you're really trying to, you know, like, yeah, denigrate them. All these things revolve around what you call people, right? Like, all this comes back to like, what are you called by? Like, who is speaking to you and what are they trying to say about you and what are they trying to do with you? You know what I mean? And so, bringing that all back around to the name of Jesus, when we pray and speak and baptize in the name of Jesus, we're not calling people to a mere sequence of characters and sounds. We are calling them to the person of Jesus Christ. That was what Paul was doing. That's what we're doing when we pray in the name of Jesus. We are calling them to the one who was born in Nazareth, to the Virgin Mary, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, and rose again on the third day, and who lives and reigns even now. And I think, to come back to a little point that you brought up, it's similar in a way to when in the uh, olden days, you know, they would have said, we command you in the name of the king, or I come in the name of the morning and the evening star, right? That person may not have been there, but the name of the king had power and authority because the person of the king had power and authority. Okay. Like the name yeah, was so attached yeah, yeah, yeah. to the person that if you said this decree comes in the name of the king, it was just it a holds different way. It just as much weight. Yeah, I'm saying the king signed this thing okay and that's basically the uh, that's basically what i'm getting at here mm. this is long complicated to say to say that all that is the person of jesus is not with us right now but when people speak in his name as his emissary mm. and they're doing it in a way that accords with what he's actually done
0: it's a good it's a good little caveat right
1: there. yeah like it's like when we i baptize you in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit right the physical person of jesus is not there with us but in heaven he has authorized that he is right, in a spiritual sense they're with us and they are giving witness and their seal of approval to that and it's their authority that's doing it, not mine. Mm-hmm. So I baptize you in their name
0: by their authority. I do I do appreciate you drawing that out because I think it can it can so easily get wrapped up in this feeling of mysticism. Yes. Or it can feel foggy. Mm-hmm. And I think even still, even even knowing all of this, you can kind of chip yourself up into forgetting the finer points of that. I think it's helpful to remember how that's intended to operate, how that just by these examples and, and how it relates to our own practices that that accord with scripture. Yes,
1: exactly. It's not like you can use the name of Jesus as like a magic talisman exactly. word to be like, well, exactly. this is my incantation. I'm going to you know say the name of Jesus over it, and it's going to be fine. In fact, The sons of Sceva in Acts, they were trying to exorcise a demon Mm. out of a man. And they said, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. Like, I basically, I cast you out in the name of the Jesus that Paul preaches. Right, they us the name of lot. Jesus. It's
0: a great deal of specificity. Yeah, but I mean, they were aware.
1: Yeah, and like in the, the name of Jesus has power in a sense, right? I mean, yeah. that's like when we say we'll, that. We'll
0: think of it like in that in that wonderfully arcane piece of scripture where it says, "The Lord rebuke you." Yeah, he didn't exactly. presume to do so himself. Under you know, it's like some right. sort of angelic. Th- yeah, but, like but,
1: I have authority, <laughs> exactly. but the Lord does. And in Michael's case, it worked. The sons of Sceva, the man with the demon, looks at them. I can Whoa, see this like this like no! chilling moment where he looks at them. Like, I, I picture this like a horror movie scene. So like I did too. Treat, but I like, you know, they're <laughs> like in there, like in this dark room, like the guys in the corner facing yeah. into the corner, just a lantern, like in the room. And they walk in like, I cast you out in the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches. And he's seems like twitch a little bit. And he's like, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I recognize. But who are you?
0: Oh, my god. And then like,
1: and then he turns around. I mean, that's what he he turns out. He just beats the snot out of these guys, like oh, strips sh- them naked beats them, they go fleeing out of the house like scaredy cats. He mastered all of them. This one guy, the demon, like, beats up the son, the sons multiple of Skeva. So why? Why did he uh, Why did
0: that fall out in that way?
1: Because, so here's what it comes to. like. The sons of Skeva were not followers of Jesus. They didn't actually believe in him. They weren't Christians. They were just using the rhetoric. Yes. They happened to be the sons of a high priest named Skeva. So they thought, well, this Jesus thing works for Paul. He exorcised some <laughs> demon in oh, Philippi. No. So like, we'll do that. We'll just do that. We'll just use the name of Jesus like our little incantation exorcist oh, tool. No. And again, the demons know the name of Jesus yes. and they they shudder. But if the, Even per- the apostles had difficulty with this, right. it's
0: not just something you were like, oh, by the way, here are the magic words. Goodbye. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so the point being, if the sons of Sceva, if Christ is not dwelling in their hearts through faith, then like the name of Jesus is, it's just like, they're just words and sounds. Right. And uh, I think that's another great illustration of why and what the name of Jesus does and is. And uh, yeah, so oof, got into some really yeah crazy territory there. So, wow. But there you have it. All those questions, as <laughs> always, as we always do here <laughs> on the Horizons Church Podcast. Uh, yes. But if you do, for some reason, have other questions about it, you can feel free to email those to podcast at horizonschurch.net, or you can interact with us on social media. You can even call us out by name if you want.
0: <laughs> you can do that.
1: If you want to, whatever. And uh, if you did find this helpful, you can leave us an honest five-star review mm. on the iTunes store. Mm. You know, only kind of honest, only kind of five. Yeah, That's what we always say here at the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you as always for listening and we will catch you next time.